appreciate Jordan reading tonight. Glad that our young men take part in our worship every week, and we very grateful for their example, their love for God, and their desire to be an example to those around them. We're going to be looking tonight at Psalm 136. I said this morning that we want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving, and tonight we're going to be talking about thankful living. We all have many things to be grateful for in this life. The songs that we have been privileged to sing together tonight remind us of our great blessings and the fact that we ought to live in gratitude to God. In Psalm 136, we don't have a lot of information about the background to this particular psalm. There is a common refrain. It is found over and over again in this psalm, and that is, the mercy of God endures forever. In other words, it is unchangeable. And so when you think about all the benefits and blessings that we enjoy from the hand of God, we have a lot to be grateful for, don't we? So tonight we want to think for a minute or two about living thankfully in this world. I want to begin tonight by saying that I have often thought about how grateful we ought to be every day. And sometimes as I think about expressing to God my gratitude for all that He has done for me in my life, I sometimes think about times maybe when I haven't been as grateful or thankful as I should have been. It seems to me that sometimes if we're not careful, we can take for granted the blessings of life. And there are times in life when you really don't understand or recognize just how blessed you are until those blessings are taken from you. And so what I want to do is encourage all of us to live with a sense of gratitude or thankfulness every day. You know, Paul, in writing to the church at Thessalonica many, many years ago, said, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. To the church at Colossae, Paul would say, Continue steadfastly in prayer, watching therein, with thanksgiving. And then to the church at Philippi, Paul would emphasize the importance of prayer and the fact that we ought not live in anxiety. And so he said, In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And so we always have something to be grateful for. And sometimes those Blessings that we enjoy in life, they may be minute in some respects, but nonetheless we ought to be thankful for them. What I want us to do tonight is to think about, first and foremost, the fact that we ought to remember to be thankful to the Lord. And as I said a moment ago, sometimes it's easy to take for granted the blessings that we have in life. In the first four verses of Psalm 136, the psalmist emphasizes thanksgiving to God. And really, there are a couple of reasons. The first has to do with the goodness of God. And the second, I think, reason is the greatness of Almighty God. So listen to what he says, beginning in verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who alone does great wonders, for His mercy endures 
forever. When you think about the goodness of God, I think first and foremost about His divine attributes. And then secondly, His divine actions. God, there are many things that that could be said about the nature, the character of God. One of the things that stands out is the goodness of God. He is supremely good, isn't He? Do you remember back in Psalm 100? The psalmist encourages God's people to enter into His courts with thanksgiving. He said, for He is good. God is good. In Psalm 34, the psalmist said, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Many of us have experienced the goodness of God in life. The psalmist here is expressing the goodness of Almighty God. And when I think about the goodness of God, certainly it is demonstrated in His mercy, His love, His kindness, His grace. You think about all the characteristics that really sum up the being that we identify as God. He is a gracious and good God. And then, what about His supremacy and His sovereignty? Listen, if you would, again to what the psalmist said. Give thanks to the God of gods, to the Lord of lords. When it is all said and done, there is a supreme God. Paul, in writing to the church at Ephesus, said, For of Him, through Him, and to Him are all things. He is the one God and Father of us all. He is, as John would write in Revelation chapter 1, we talk about civil authorities and those who function in local local activities from the vantage point of the government. Some function on a state level, and then there are some who operate in the national realm. Well, God is sovereign, isn't He? He is over all. As a matter of fact, when I think about the sovereignty of God, the supremacy of God, the psalmist would say in Psalm 99, verse 1, the Lord reigns. John said in Revelation chapter 1 that He is the ruler over the kings of the earth. He is over all things. And so we serve a gracious and good God. And then note, if you would, in the second place, some reasons why we ought to be thankful to the Lord. Number one, we ought to be thankful to the Lord because He is the Creator of all things. God is not only the Creator of all things, but He is the one who controls all things, isn't He? When you think about the creative power of Almighty God, I think first and foremost of His unique work. Secondly, the uniqueness of His world. Listen to what He says in verse 4. To Him who alone does great wonders, His mercy endures forever. When we think about the creative power of God, it is incomparable, isn't it? There are no parallels when it comes to the creative power of God. Now, sometimes we talk about individuals in our world today creating or inventing certain things. Well, God ultimately is the creator of all things. We simply discover things, don't we? 
God is the one who made something out of nothing. He is the divine designer. So listen to what the psalmist said beginning in verse 5. To him, to him who by wisdom made the heavens. Look at verse 6. To him who laid out the earth above the waters. To him who made great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. Do we not benefit from the world that God has created? Sometime when you have a chance, read Psalm 8. The psalmist really talks about how we ought to praise God the Creator. And the fact that we have been made in the image and the likeness of Almighty God. And so he asked the question, what is man or the son of man that you visit him? To think that there is a God in heaven who recognizes me and who recognizes you, who looks upon us as the crown of all of his creation. We ought to stand in awe, shouldn't we? In Psalm 33, the psalmist talks about, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them, by the breath of his mouth, the psalmist said, He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. In light of that, we stand in awe of His creative power. You know, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the saints at Rome, talked about the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And he said, How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past tracing out. He asked the question, Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has first given to Him? And it shall be recompensed unto Him again. So when I think about God, He is incomparable. He is the Almighty Creator. He has, as Paul said, created all things that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. To know that there is a God in heaven who has spoken this world into existence. And then to step back and to recognize that He is the one who controls all things. I said a minute ago that God is sovereign, that He is supreme. And do you remember Daniel in Daniel chapter 4 and about verse 32? Talked about the supremacy and sovereignty of Almighty God and how everything is under His control. He said the Most High, speaking of God, rules in the kingdoms of men. So God is over all. He controls all things. Now the psalmist here, he talks about his creative power, his controlling power. By way of history, he reminds the people of God that it is, that it is God who delivers his people. Not only is it God who delivers his people, but it is God who directs his people. Listen to him picking up in verse 10. He really gives them somewhat of a history lesson. He said it was God who struck Egypt in their firstborn. He brought out Israel from among them with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, he made Israel pass through the midst of it, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. And then verse 17, To him who struck down great kings and slew famous kings, Sion, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel his servant, 
who remembered us in our lowly state and rescued us from our enemies. You think about there is a God in heaven who is actively working on behalf of His people. God is the one that called upon the nation of Israel to serve as a vehicle to bring the Christ into the world. And God had told Abraham centuries earlier that his descendants would live in a foreign land and God with an outstretched arm would lead them out. And the writer here reminds them of that. The fact that it was God who delivered His people. And you think about God, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. In the New Testament, we read of God delivering His people out of difficulties and trials. A good example of that would be the Apostle Paul. Do you remember in 2 Timothy chapter 4, when Paul said at his first defense, all men forsook him. He went on to say in verse 17, but the Lord stood with me. In verse 18, he said, the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. Back in chapter 3, Paul talked about the persecutions and afflictions that he had encountered at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. He said, what persecutions I endured, but he said, the Lord delivered me out of them all. Are there not times in your life when you can think about difficulties and trials and tribulations, heartaches and setbacks, and yet God delivered you out of those difficulties? God was there for you? Not only does God deliver His people, but He directs His people. Look at verse 16, Psalm 136. To Him who led His people through the wilderness... Who was it that was with the children of God in the wilderness for some 40 years? God was, wasn't He? Who was it that stood with them after having delivered them out of Egyptian bondage? Do you remember back in Exodus chapter 13, in verses 20 and 21, how God said that He would go before them in a cloudy pillar by day and by a pillar of fire at night? Here is God leading the way. Does God not lead or light the way today? Yes, He does. Listen again to what He said. To Him who led His people through the wilderness, we are strangers, sojourners, pilgrims upon this earth. Has God given us a light or a lamp to lead us home? To get us ultimately to that home in heaven? Well, the answer is yes. The psalmist said, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. There's a third thing I want to share with you tonight. That is, we ought to resolve. I think it's one thing to remember to be thankful to the Lord. Reasons why we ought to be grateful to the Lord. But then, there ought to be resolve, day in and day out, to be thankful to the Lord. I want to begin by talking about the physical blessings that we enjoy. And I want to remind us, I mentioned a moment ago the fact that God directs His people. There are a couple of thoughts here. First, the constancy of His presence. Now I alluded just a moment ago to verse 16, where the psalmist said, speaking of the children of Israel, that God is the one who led them through the wilderness. Is there ever a time in life when God is not at our side. Now we talk about the blessings that we enjoy from the hand of God. 
There are spiritual blessings. There are physical blessings. But to know that there's a God who will stand at my side, come what may. How many times have you read Joshua chapter 1 and heard God say to Joshua, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. How often have you read the Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 13 when God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The constancy of God's presence. We live in a physical world, don't we? And we're dealing with physical things on a daily basis and sometimes we face setbacks and difficulties. But to know that there is a God who is at our side daily. I think not only about the constancy of His presence, but the constancy of His provisions. Look, if you would, at verse 25. In verse 25, the psalmist said, speaking of God, who gives us food, or rather, who gives food to all flesh. When the Apostle Paul stood on Mars Hill, as recorded by Luke in Acts chapter 17, Paul had the opportunity to talk about the one true living God. And Paul, in the long ago, reminded those people that there is a God who is the giver of all life, breath, and all things. He is the one in whom we live and move and have our very being. Would it be wrong for us to pause before we eat and thank God for our food? Didn't Jesus teach us to do that? Shouldn't we thank God not only for the food that we eat, but for, but for the clothes we wear? And you think about not only the clothes you wear, but the home that you live in. You've got shelter at night, by day. I mean, there are so many abundant blessings that we enjoy in this realm of existence. Where did all that come from? Was it not James that said every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights? You know, there are a lot of physical blessings that we enjoy. There are a lot of material goods that we enjoy from the hand of God. Think about your health. The fact that you can get up in the morning and get out of bed and walk. That you can move your limbs. That you can see, that you can hear, that you can smell, that you can enjoy food. I mean, these are blessings that sometimes we take for granted, don't we? And yet the psalmist here reminds us of all these blessings. The fact that we ought to live in gratitude to Almighty God for that which we enjoy from His hand. The psalmist said in Psalm 68 verse 19 many years ago, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits or blessings. Think about what he said. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits or blessings. And then note if you would, not only do we read, not only do we think about the fact that we ought to be grateful for our physical blessings, but also for our spiritual blessings. We are rich in this, in this country, aren't we? As Americans, we're rich. If you really want to know how rich you are, go to a third world country. and See how the people live there. You see people who are living in abject poverty. In many, in many places around this globe, people have nothing. They don't have adequate medical care. They don't have adequate food. They don't have clean water to drink. 
They lack so many of the, of the blessings that we oftentimes take for granted daily. Ben had the opportunity to go to Tanzania this past year. And Ben said that he had to go like five or six days without taking a shower. The water was unclean. And, and you just imagine living in that kind of an environment, day in and day out. I mean, there are a lot of things that we have to be grateful for. And so we are physically rich and we are spiritually rich, aren't we? It'd be difficult for us probably to enumerate all of our physical blessings. But spiritually, we're wealthy. Do you remember in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul talked about how every spiritual blessing is in Christ. And in Psalm 136, in verse 26, listen to what the psalmist said. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for His mercy endures forever. We are children of God today, and we bask in the radiance of all of His blessings and all of His riches because of His great love for us, because we serve a gracious, a good God, a God who desires to enjoy fellowship with us, a God who desires really the very best for us. So you step back and you think about as a child of God, you have been forgiven because of the blood of Christ. And because you have been forgiven by the blood of Christ, you enjoy peace with God. And you live in constant peace day in and day out. And because of the love of God, He has created an avenue by which you can call upon His name. It's called prayer. And because of the grace and goodness of God, you and I can live every day knowing that the Lord is at our side. And because of the grace and the goodness of God and all of the spiritual blessings that He bestows on us, we look forward, we anticipate a home in heaven. Many years ago, Jesus said before He left this world, He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. And He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there, He said, you may be also. Now I think about our riches in the Lord, but we also have great resources in the Lord, don't we? You look at Psalm 136 and what really leaps off the page is the fact that we serve a gracious, a good God whose mercy is unchanging, as He said, His mercy endures forever. But we have a God, a God that the Apostle Paul wrote about in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, Paul said, But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Now you talk about our resources in the Lord. To know that there is a God in heaven who will adequately meet my needs day in and day out. 
want to encourage us this week. I know that Thanksgiving is a time of reflection for many folks. For some people, it's just about eating and eating and enjoying life and football and family and friends, and that's all well and good. But really, as a child of God, every day ought to be Thanksgiving, shouldn't it? We ought to live thankfully every single day. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful for all the blessings that we enjoy in this life. We're thankful that we have been so richly blessed in this world to enjoy the handiwork of your creation, to enjoy the blessings of family and friends and the riches of those associations. We're grateful for your love and care, your grace and mercy. And Father, we're grateful that you have provided so many riches and resources for our well-being. We pray that you would forgive us in, for times when we have taken these things for granted. Help us to live thankfully every day. And Father, we pray that one day we might spend eternity with you forever. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, we want to encourage you to come to Christ. To believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you're here tonight and you believe that, and you've never obeyed the gospel, we encourage you to come to Christ. To believe that He is the divine Son of God, if you would be willing to repent of your sins, confess His name to be buried with Him in baptism, to rise to walk in newness of life. God will bless you with many new blessings, a new beginning in life. If you're here tonight and you're not faithful to His cause, you need the prayers of the church. Maybe you're struggling with life and you just need God's people to pray with you and for you. We'd be happy to do that with you tonight as we stand and sing.